Hey, 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 guys, this is John Dean coming at you from Nomad Happy Hour. Today we got Bruce Prolin on air. Bruce Prolin is also known as the King of Pot. Yes, that's right, guys, you heard me, the King of Pot. Back in his day, he was one of the largest drug smugglers in the United States. But, guys, that was in his past. These days, he runs a hemp farm here in Arizona. Also, he's coming out with a new bus gathering that'll be happening in april also in arizona but for right now we have one of his friends on the phone waiting to give a little bit of information of his backstory guys this is a russian spy yes that's right a russian spy Shh, don't tell everybody that we got people like this on the air it's a surprise for everybody it keeps it going it keeps everybody on their toes so guys please enjoy this episode and here we go no, I'm not. I'm Elizabeth Queen. You're Elizabeth? You're Queen Elizabeth? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to drop off because I have to do my interview. About what? About me being the king of pot and the gathering of the buses <laughs> and the eco village and all those details. Which one? April the, the, Where the domes are. Oh, it's a beautiful dome. Which hospital? Okay, so she's referencing John that I'm the largest donor for the real Patch Adams to build a free hospital in West Virginia. Oh, for real? Yeah, and he was just nominated. He was just nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Anyone know that? Go ahead, say something. He is the big donation. Keeper of the wires. One million point six for the dead animals. For the what animals? Dead animals. The dead animals. <laughs> They're alive. They, just, <laughs> they rescue the animals. They don't kill them. Rescue them before they. Yeah, die. They, it's a rescue, and they live in their own habitat Please? as opposed to cages. Can I ask you, Bill Gates? Oh, Did he donate for the dead animal like you donate? All right, honey, let me drop off because we're going to start our podcast now. All right. Love you. Bye bye, my love. I love you. Bye bye. When I went to prison, mm -hmm. I was the king of pot. She was the Russian spy, so they mm -hmm. called us the king and spy. We literally w walked around. Holding you guys worked together? No, I wasn't a spy. Oh, was a no, smuggler. no, no, not a spy. <laughs> I mean, like, and yeah. she wasn't a smuggler. Uh huh. Uh, no, in prison. I was in the last two co ed prisons in America. Mm -hmm. And th this one was called Pleasanton, east of um, Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And so there's men and women in the same prison. And at night, the women would go to their units, and the mm -hmm. men would go to their units. But during the day, you'd work with them, you'd go to school with them, you'd walk around holding hands. If you held hands, that means you were a couple. And okay. they called you walkies. All right. So my best friends are spies, assassins, terrorists, hijackers, jewelry, bank robbers, smugglers, and that's just the females. Nope. <laughs> so, and the males just go on and on and on and on. Same thing with the guys, you know, smugglers. And, uh -huh. you know, it was, um, my roommate was a lawyer, mm -hmm. Joe Chandra. In, like, in college or in, in prison? Or, or, okay. No, I, when I was in, I never went, to, I tried to go to college after high school. Mm -hmm. I, and I went to about, Tried seven different times, dropped out seven times, and went back to selling pot. I grew up in 
Miami because mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it. I had a young wife and a young, ba- you know, new, newly born baby. Right. So I had to go back to selling marijuana, where it was a lot more money than going to college. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in prison, it was like, great. Mm-hmm. I was in nine years. I got five college degrees, made straight A's, made the national dean's list, the president's list, read 100 books a year. Got in great physical condition. All within, I think it was 15 years. Well, I right. got 15 years, but mm-hmm. you served nine. You do two thirds of your time back then. Because okay. back then it's called, we call it old law. Okay. You do two thirds. Now you do 85% of your time. That's new law. Right. So, and then, you know, that begs the question of why are so many people in prison for so long just for marijuana? But, there's you know, so many people. Well, yeah, even just marijuana, but just every, you know, in prison alone, there's so many people. And that's one of the things we expect to end this summer. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into that when I talk about the journey of the buses. Okay. Yeah, the journey of the buses. We'll talk. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be very interesting. Let me start the background. background. Okay. Uh-huh. Background is in the seventies and late seventies, early eighties. I was the largest marijuana smuggler in West Coast history. Okay. And the media dubbed me the King of Pot. Right. Right. Um, as the newspaper said, I had a fleet of boats larger than much, most countries' navies, and mm-hmm. I did. Um, what happened? I grew up in Miami. I, Miami was the in. North Miami, that's where the main importation for marijuana came into America in the right. 60s and 70s. I was mostly from Jamaica and Colum- most of it come from Columbia. Mm-hmm. Right? Some from Jamaica, some come from Columbia. Massive amounts, millions and millions of pounds. And I'm telling you, there was millions mm-hmm. of pounds for whatever reason. The, the demand for marijuana back then and now is insatiable. You think it's more than then now or vice versa? More now. More now. Right. And I'm talking, I'll give you an example. When we used to bring our boatloads in between uh, Christmas and New Year's because that's when all the DEA and FBI are on, are on vacation. vacation. Right. Right. So, and they learned that trick after about three or four years. Mm-hmm. But for three or four years, that was the perfect time to bring your loads in. I had a freighter out there in the Bahamas. You have your freighter and your offload mm-hmm. boats go and hit the freighter and come in. And they were at the rendezvous spot. So I had to go fly and see if the freighter was there. So we're f- overflying the plane and looking down. There were seven freighters lined up in a row, mm-hmm. you know, down all by doing the... the and that's one rendezvous spot. All of them had oh. marijuana. <laughs> I, the boats would come. The first freighter give the code word, nope. <laughs> and the there was freighter. so much that people just, you know, let everybody take... Little, everything was fronted. Mm-hmm. And it was literally millions and millions and millions of pounds. So, I mean, sometimes you, I'd have a load, let's say 50,000 pounds, mm-hmm. and someone would bring in 100,000. Right. Well, now it's flooded for one week. But, you know, back then, in your early 20s, a week is like forever. Forever, yeah. Right? So, say, oh, my God, it's flooded. But a week later, it was no longer flooded, and then you can sell your load. Because mm-hmm. the 100,000-pound load was a lower price. Like, and we didn't make a lot of money. We made like $10 a pound, but 100,000 pounds, 10 bucks a pound, a million up. bucks. Right. Yeah. And a million bucks in 19, I don't know about back in the 70s, but 1980, because that's when I was mm-hmm. operating in California, multiplied times Which 25 was and like, a half. You were, what, 17-ish? I started when I was 16, 17. 16, yeah. yeah. One thing I was kind of curious about is, like, how at that age do you get connected with, like, those connections over overseas? Like, do you just go? Do you just pull up to the beachside and just go get what you want, or do you have to, like, Get the okay. No, here's how it happened. Okay, first of all, I started selling, literally started selling nickel bags at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And back then, nickel bags was a matchbox. Okay. All right, or five dollars. Just like oh. the cardboard box that slides in and out. Yeah. Okay. That was the side. That was a nickel. That was five dollars. Mm-hmm. 
And so I started nickel bags, dime bags, then ounces. Then I moved on to pounds. Then I moved on to bales. Then I moved on to hundreds of pounds. Then I moved mm-hmm. on to thousands of pounds. When you're doing thousands of pounds, you have to have warehouses and mm-hmm. vans, and you move up to a... From road. what I read, you had a lot of vehicles pushing all this, though. I always believed in infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know, speedboats, offload right. boats, you know, vans, trucks, warehouses. I think, like, I read you have more or had more boats than the Navy or something like that? Yeah, the quote was, he had more boats than most countries' navies. Right. So, and that's when I moved to California. Okay. So back in Florida, how do you get the connections? So what happened with us was very interesting. I was selling big loads from the smugglers. And then one day I had like a thousand pounds at one of my stash houses, a thousand pounds in their houses. Six eight people came in, DEA and local police. And they beat the heck out of my watchman, George, who was the, we call him the Duke of Dope, and stole the pot. Mm-hmm. Right, they were corrupt. So we did we were glad they didn't bust us. We weren't happy they beat George up. So they stole it. Now, all of a sudden, I owe $251,000 to the smugglers. $251,000. Yeah. That was, I just remembered. <laughs> right. So I paid it off. It took me a year mm-hmm. to pay that off. So I paid it off. You know, they give me another load. I, they front me another load. I'd sell them and maybe pay them, you know, 50000 And, I, you know, I've made equal amount in mm-hmm. profits. And then the next load, they give me another load. I just give them another 50000 After one year, I paid the whole thing off. So I got a reputation not only being a good salesman and distributor, but honorable and honest. Right. I, I paid my debt off. At that point, quick for that, I mean, yeah, that amount. But for what you were pulling in, you know, that's not, that's a drop in the bucket, right? Yeah. 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 I kept most of the profits, but I kept making sure I paid them enough mm-hmm. to make them happy and what was fair. Mm-hmm. Right. So... I said to them, fine. I said, look, because now all the big smugglers wanted me to sell all right, for them. I said, I don't want to be a, just a salesman. I want to be part of smuggling. Mm-hmm. This is fine. We'll do that. We'll make you a partner. You got a partner who can sell. Because, you know, I grew up in North Miami. I knew, you know, in the 60s. And I had my age group, my brother's age group, my other brother's age group, my other brother's age group. Mm-hmm. So I spanned a lot of age groups. You know, I was into sports. They were into sports. So I covered a lot of, a lot more. Then usually the twelfth graders just hung out with the twelfth graders. Right. College kids just college kids. I spanned everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, so they took me down to Columbia, introduced me to the, the, the connections, and then we became partners. Me and the me and the big smugglers. So it was okay. a fifty-fifty deal. So that's how you get started. Then when the cocaine cowboys came to um, Miami, I didn't like that. I was completely. But yeah, I, you didn't deal with that, right? No cocaine, no, no violence, never. I never ever. And then anybody beat up or anybody hurt. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they deserved it. But here was, <laughs> here was my philosophy. It's economics. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's say you ripped me off for a hundred grand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can go after you and try and hurt you or hire the mafia to go get you or right. whatever, have you to go get you. Or I could say, you know what? I'll make a hundred grand next week. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're not making a hundred grand back then every week, you're doing something wrong. Right. So it wasn't worth going after you. It wasn't worth the heat. And if you cost. don't know how to do that, I'm sure they can come to you and <laughs> show it. Yeah. Because <laughs> then mean, it would profit you in the long run anyway. <laughs> yeah. So so what happened was I didn't like the violence. Mm-hmm. You know, when they machine gunned, when they had a machine gun fight in the middle of the day, in the middle of Dayland Mall, I said, that's it. This is too freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move my whole organization to California where it's still mellow. 
I was still mellow out in California. Mm-hmm. I remember I was on Skyline Boulevard. I used to fly 100 pounds out at a time okay. on a plane. And then I had a bunch of women that would fly it. We would put a 100 pounds in three American tourist suitcases. And back then, you just go check it. Right. I did the first one to make sure it was safe. And then I would pay Carol the Courier. And uh, we had like three different girls that would fly out mm-hmm. and you know, make a lot of money. Like separate times, but are they just getting the same flight time. to go? No, 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 no. Right. One would 100 pounds, and I would, you know, get sell it and then get pay mm-hmm. my supplier. Okay. And then another girl would go or right. whoever was available. You know, they all liked it. It was good pay. Mm-hmm. So I'm out here collecting money, and I'm up on Skyline Boulevard. And so the guy comes to meet me up on Skyline Boulevard. This is the moment that everything changed. I remember I believe in peace and love, and I don't right. believe in violence. And we're meeting up there. And I said, and we're, it's a parking lot. And they go, quick. I go, quick. I got 30 pounds for you. Mm-hmm. Let me throw it in, in your in your car and get, get out of here. Goes, Wait a minute. Calm down. There's no rush. But we can see a car coming 50 miles in any direction because you're yeah. in Scotland Boulevard at night. And I go, wow. You're right. It's not like do it real quick like we did in Miami and get out of there. It was. So I'm looking down over those lights of San Francisco. It's a full moon. Mm-hmm. I hear a coyote howling in the background, <laughs> and these people worked for the Whole Earth Catalog, who were my heroes. All right, the whole you guys worked for the Whole Earth Catalog. They're saying we want to thank you. What do you mean you want to thank me? Because I'm thinking I'm, I'm making a hundred dollars more a pound by coming to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know, because in Florida it was like two hundred and twenty a pound, and California it was three twenty a pound. Okay, I owe two hundred and three hundred. Um. They're my heroes. They're the guys that work for the Whole Earth Catalog, and I love the Whole Earth Catalog. So I, I'm thinking, why are they thanking me? And they said, because if it wasn't for you and this marijuana, we wouldn't have the extra money to work for the Whole Earth Catalog because we don't make enough money to live and right. raise our kids and the lifestyle we want to live. It wasn't so much the medicine. It was that we're because we weren't we didn't know how healthy marijuana was back then. Mm-hmm. We just knew it was income, an alternative income for the alternative people, the hippies. All right, which was wonderful. Was it even a medical? I don't. It wasn't a no. medical thing back then, right? It was absolutely. We were just doing it to smoke it to get high. To get high. Yeah. We did not know it was. We, it was medical. At did all. you smoke at that time? A little bit. Mm-hmm. I smoked when I was in high school, but then I started getting paranoid, so I quit okay. smoking. All right. So don't tell anybody the king of pot doesn't smoke pot. It's very <laughs> embarrassing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of surprising. I mean, <laughs> now lately, Stacy from the Cannabis did turn me into a pothead. Uh huh. So I take two or three puffs before I go to bed. Okay. Now we're talking serious medical. So here's what happened the first time I smoked. I said, okay, Stacey, I'll smoke some pot before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. You say I take away the pain. You know, at six, 70 years old, you have, I have degenerative disease. disease. So that hurts when the spine shrinks yeah. and it hurts, right? It's better than heart disease and cancer. I think, right. okay, it just hurts. It's not going to kill Hey, you got to think of things from the positive side, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I always look at the positive side. Mm-hmm. So I smoke two puffs. Before I go to bed, okay, I couldn't have this conversation if I was high. No. You know, I'd be stoned. I couldn't talk. I'd want to. The podcast wouldn't go anywhere. It would just (laughs) stay there and be silent. I'd be like, all right, I guess we're going to turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in bed, and here's what happens I was out of pain, completely out of pain, all the way out three feet from my body. (laughs) Next thing I did is. Like a bubble. Yeah. I mean, I felt pain, pain-free. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it hurts. I mean, I take sometimes Nucenta, which is a very powerful Class A narcotic, mm-hmm. not as bad as oxy, 
cotton or oxy, I call it oxymoron. oxymoron that's what right, it turns you into. Yeah. But it's the most, it's the most, it's a very powerful, it least addictive of all the painkillers. It's just a, you get an opiate high. And I only mm-hmm. do it before I go to bed because that's when it hurts at the end of the day. Now I'm smoking marijuana instead, two puffs. Because, you know, I'm a lightweight, right? I <laughs> it, took, it finally took 70 years to get you just... 40. Or 40 years. 40 years before, since, from smoking pot to smoking pot. Yeah. And the second thing that went, first of all, I was pain-free out to here. And I said, this is what I've been missing for 40 years? <laughs> oh, my God, this feels great. Next thing that happens is my body completely relaxed. Completely relaxed. Crap. Pain-free, completely relaxed. And then the insights started coming. Mm. Insights, just good ideas, creative ideas. Right, right, right. As I fell asleep, mm-hmm. I so that was the first. It's time. about the best time to get your creative thoughts. <laughs> right. Now the next time I smoked before I went to bed, same thing. I took two um two hits again. So that's all I could take. I'm a lightweight, mm-hmm. and I didn't even finish getting high before I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. So as a pain, the pain, same thing. The pain went away completely. My body completely relaxed, and. And I fell asleep before you get done being even getting as high as you get. You know, now the third time is okay. I'm going to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Is this really taking the pain away? I mean, so I focus on the pain. Okay, on I'm getting pain only. Yeah. yeah. So I'm focusing. Okay, my lower back hurts, and it was like it was cool as hell. It was like the Pac Man eating up the pain. <laughs> you know, and it, okay, okay, that pain is gone. Now what about my neck? Now that one now is there. Go up here and, and the Pac Man. Yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. The pain completely. Completely went away, and this is CB. This is marijuana THC, not CBG or CBD. This okay. is THC, and I started getting high again. And before I even finished getting high, the pain was gone, and I was asleep. Mm-hmm. So as a sleep aid and a pain reliever, it really does work. And if you're doing it late at night, why not? You're not going to. Who cares if you're stoned and right. sleeping? Yeah. And I've read all the research, and I read the reports and the, and the research reports for years. Uh, go back real quick though on the. Because I'm just curious myself on the CBD, C- CBG, right? Mm-hmm. I know CBD, but what's CBG? Okay. There's 150 cannabinoids. What we're most familiar with is THC. Mm-hmm. THC is one cannabinoid, tetrahydrocannabinoid, whatever. Okay. Right. Um, that's THC. The very thing that became very popular recently is CBD. Mm-hmm. Right. That's another CB, uh, cannabinoid. It's one out of 150. Okay. The third one that's becoming very popular right now, which you'll see, this is 2020. So you'll see that emergence in the marketplace because they do some of it last 2021. year. 2021. 2021, right. <laughs> 2020. Hey, he started smoking pot. <laughs> He's a year behind now. So. <laughs> so that's the one that a lot of people planted, CBG. It's cannabidogeriberol or something. Okay. That is good for pain. That's what you'll see in 2021. See, I always thought the CBD was, but it CBT is, but it's not is really good. No, oh, let me tell you something. You, uh, you heard me say I take Lucenta. Uh-huh. Two years ago, I had this. I'm up in Oregon where we grew 40 acres, which was ended up being like 120,000 pounds, you know, because we grew six feet uh-huh. tall. We had great growers and the field locked up. So, were yeah. those some of the photos on your Facebook? Yeah. That were like, yeah, yeah, four feet taller than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got all that. So one of these days, I'll take all of it and just put it in one, uh, you know, YouTube channel of mm-hmm. just that grow because that was a phenomenal grow. So that was high CBD, and during that time, they someone grew some CBG and made little pills, twenty five milligram pills that you put under your tongue. Mm-hmm. And you can Google CBG and you get it in tinctures now, and you get right. it in the pills, or you can get it in isolate. 
I, and it's not that expensive anymore with isolate even. So I said, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to stop Nucenta. And by the way, so Nucenta costs $1,200 a month, right? That's right. how good it is mm-hmm. as a as an effective narcotic or pain reliever, right? And I'll take And then half. compared to the CB, CBG. Okay, CBG. so I said, I'm going to experiment with this. Let me see if it works. I'm mm-hmm. the perfect guinea pig. I've been, And I won't take Nucenta more than like 30 days at a time because I don't want to get addicted to anything. Right. I don't have the A2 allele gene, so it's easy for me to quit. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's the addictive gene, the A2 allele gene. They've <laughs> yeah. shown that, that if you have it, you're prone to addictions. If you don't have oh, it, okay. you're not prone to addictions. I'm not prone to addictions. I can stop it mm-hmm. and be irritable for a couple of days. It doesn't matter. So, Can that change? Like, can that change throughout one's life? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, can what change? The, the it, addictiveness compared to being able to stop it? I don't think so. I think it's very... No, I think you, yes. Okay, the answer is yes, but you have to use something like ketamine or, you know, with a medically, all right, uh-huh. with a medical doctor, uh, psilocybin, peyote, um, DMT, with medical supervision. Okay. A powerful hallucinogen, and it always did. Uh-huh. You know, like alcoholism, LSD, before I took LSD back in the 60s, we, I read all the research. I didn't want to just take something to know, know about. And absolutely, it takes sort of depression, it takes sort of alcoholism mm-hmm. in one dose and often, you know, maybe it's three doses, maybe it's one week. So, and then in the 1970s, they stopped all the research. Mm-hmm. Now, finally, the research is coming back and we're seeing that, yes, yeah, so you, to answer your question, yes, it can change in one life. Okay. So, getting back to the experiment up in Oregon, when yeah. I took the two milligrams, so one guy, one of the girls, Joey, gave me some. It was Joey or Barry? I think it was, no, it was Barry gave me some and I took it under my tongue the dissolve it worked exactly like Nucenta yeah a very powerful right of that or it took a little bit of time or 15 minutes okay. Nucenta takes 45 because mm-hmm. it's a sub sublingually where Nucenta is sub through the gut all right wow. so 15 minutes versus 45 no bad effects from you know have taken a narcotic yeah. like lazy bowel syndrome and all kinds of you know livers or whatever painkillers cause other problems. CBG does it every single time. It hmm. worked just like this, except 15 minutes instead of 45 for an entire week until the guy ran out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we. That's a good study, though, compared to, you know compared to taking the yeah now, prescription drugs. Oh, now that's called um, it's not it's not a double blind study, but it's called. Um, you know, antidotal. Right. It worked on me. Mm-hmm. It was not a placebo. I know the difference between placebo and not because I had a lot of CBD pills at the same time, and some worked and some didn't work. Mm-hmm. All right. So the CBD did not work under the tongue. The CBD CBG did not work under my mm-hmm. tongue. The CBG two milligrams, twenty five, I mean, two yeah. pills, twenty five milligrams worked on me. Worked on one brother with migraines. Worked on the other brother with neck pain and headaches. So it worked, and it did not work. So you can still basically weigh out the strength, and I guess the milligrams or whatever you're basically yeah. comparison to. Yeah, but it did not work on Barry's rheumatoid arthritis. He has a bad case of rheumatoid arthritis and caused a lot of pain. Now, he's much heavier than I am and bigger, so he um, he maybe needs a bigger dose. But, you know, we're up there working. This is just something we were doing as a, as a side experiment Yeah, because we're in pain, right? So, yes, so that's what CBG is. Next year will be CBNs, a fourth cannabinoid that will be real popular that's the most powerful natural sleep aid that's not addictive so hmm. everybody that wants to go to sleep you got to do cb 
CBNs. Now, CBG, when you grow a CBG plant, CBG is the precursor to all the other cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. So if it's high in CBG, it's automatically low in CBD and THC. So the CBG will not get you high. It will take away the pain. And it, and it will it's not have better. Th it, it's, or it's, uh, it works better than the other sleep aids? No, that's CBN now. Then right. CBN. CBN is when you have THC starts to break down, mm -hmm. and that's what produces CBN. Another okay. of those 150 cannabinoids. So that's how you would get CBN. Originally, now they're actually growing strains, which is high in CBN, which is very interesting because THC has to break down to make the CBN. But yes, that's that's the natural seed, and that'll come in 2022. You'll see that hit the marketplace. Because once they discover something that's that the market wants, how long does it wants, take you think to to get those studies to be able to put it out on the market? I guess. Oh, it doesn't matter. People will put it out on the market without no study. Oh, studies. You just don't make medical claims. Uh, you cannot make medical claims until there is a Because it's a, a self-medication? Look, everybody knows what CBD does. Right. Everybody knows what CBG does. We don't have to make medical claims. Just go look it up on the internet. And we don't make medical claims. I'm telling you what happened to me personally. I'm telling you it did not work on Barry. So am I making a medical claim? No, I'm telling you what happened. No, it's yeah. all anecdotal. That's called anecdotal. Mm -hmm. Like if you took it and took away your pain, that's not a scientific study, but that is anecdotal evidence. Mm -hmm. You know, it worked on you. Right. And you don't care what the science says. You're going to keep taking the 250 yeah. milligrams, the 225 milligrams or 50 total mm -hmm. of CBG so you don't have to take painkillers. So, um. And what happens with that if you take too much? Nothing. Okay. No. You'll go to sleep quicker. <laughs> I mean, uh, the answer is what happens if you take smoke too much thing. marijuana? Go to sleep quicker or exactly. fall back or whatever. You know, space there, out. There, there's no overdose here. Mm -hmm. right. Now, we do. So, what we did, we did pre rolls. So, the first pre roll is the King of Hemp pre roll, and that's the OG Bubba Kush that we grew up in Oregon. Mm -hmm. The second one, the pre roll, is from Billy Hayes, the movie Midnight Express. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. And he's, that's CBG. Mm -hmm. All right. The third one in that roll of, um, of pre rolls will be. Uh, the, the notorious Smith brothers, two smugglers from Florida that I grew up smuggling with. Hmm. They're okay. real famous down there. Yeah. The fourth one in that series will be the Doc Master. The fifth one will be maybe Randy the Racer. No, famous in the smuggling world. All the old <laughs> old OGs, all the old smugglers, including uh -huh. I'm gonna I haven't asked George Young, but I'm sure he'll say yes because we worked with George before and yeah. he wants to get royalties. I go and I didn't get all my buddies royalties. Mm -hmm. That's the main reason I did it. So they'll get royalties. I'll get an override on everybody because I created the idea. And a half of my override, I give back to Stacy from the Cannabis and her company, her nonprofit is called Cannasense, right. to free the marijuana prisoners. So it's, and I'll ask all the old guys, do you want to donate two and a half percent too? So we'll have a total of five. So now all the old OGs are donating from their pre rolls to the, help free all the marijuana prisoners of today. Oh, really? So we've come full circle. We all help That's, each other. Right. When I got out of jail. The thing that put them into jail is getting them back out. Well, I mean, no, it could be. It could be, but no, get, they're all out. We're all out now. Oh, but yeah. there's there's guys that, some guy just got out, David Delisi, for 32 years just mm -hmm. for marijuana alone. I'm talking to Stacy. She's down there helping her him mm -hmm. and her daughter in my house in Florida, you know, and uh, I said, Stacy. Was there violence in his case? No. <laughs> I go, was it continuing criminal enterprise, racketeering? Did anyone killed? And 
There's no, just marijuana. Mm -hmm. 32 years. So he just got out. Now, was it sale or was it like he brought a, that was a plane that would be smuggled 30, oh, smuggled, I think yeah. 15,000 pounds of marijuana. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Stacy knows the exact case, but she's the activist. Right. You know, um, Which I believe I, I'm going to meet Stacy in a couple of days. Right? She's, she's the one with the cannabis? Yeah. 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 She's coming out Sunday to Phoenix to get the cannabis to bring to the uh, Schoolie Palooza. Right. Gather the buses there. Yep. And then we're going to invite all the gathering them to go to our land. Mm -hmm. uh, two and a half hours north of here. Okay. Yeah, because Stacy uh, messaged me a couple of days ago, so I'm going to get her on here also. Um, I think it's the... I think it's on six. 6th. 6th? Yeah. Yeah, so. Stacy's awesome. She spent eight years traveling in the cannabis, educating people about marijuana, and being an activist for marijuana, getting people out of jail. Mm -hmm. uh, her history was her uncle was murdered by the DEA and local police for something like eight pounds of marijuana oh, in wow. Kentucky or Tennessee, somewhere back mm -hmm. east. And that set her on the path to be an activist and, you know, and fight for, you know, prisoners mm -hmm. and their children. That's the hidden uh, tragedy in the marijuana war on drugs mm -hmm. is the children of incarcerated parents. You know, kids whose parents go to jail, those right. are the ones that suffer the most. That stupid. Yeah, it's not the parents. Yeah, stupid, asinine war on drugs. Mm -hmm. A total ridiculous. I don't even know how someone could get that out of control. You know, and that ludicrous that, you know, for they, they put people in jail for all those years, affecting an entire generation. We incarcerate more people per capita than any other country in the world. We bypassed the Soviet Union 20 years ago. And most of it is for nonviolent marijuana offenses. Right. But that's all changing. Take care of all my ex-wives and ex-girlfriends. You know, I'm trying to demonstrate how all man, of them. How many you got? Well, I have <laughs> Svetlana. I take care of her in the house. You know, there's two ex-wives when I before I went to prison, mm -hmm. and I really don't take care of them, but I gave them a lot of my personal stock, you know, like a half a million dollars or a quarter million dollars worth of stock. So it helped them out later in life. They're the mother of my children. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't continuously help them. They don't need it. Right. So, but I did help them a lot. More than most ex-husbands do who go to prison for nine years you now or get divorced and just don't see. I would come back and help them a lot. Then, uh, ex-girlfriend, she got about three million from me, which is, I was happy. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Because I knew her since first grade. Took or you gave it to her? No, I gave it to her. Okay. <laughs> you know, and she did, you know, she was, she's a smart woman. She invested in real estate and she invested in hemp blue. You can go to hempblue.com and see her hemp denim jeans. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of that woman. All right. She beat, she beat, mm -hmm. um, Levi Strauss in the marketplace with hemp jeans by four or five years. Mm -hmm. You know, hemp blue is, uh, and that was when that George Young was the spokesman for it. Movie Blow. Um, so and the movie Blow. Did you like be a part of that or how, like I've seen some stuff about it on the online and stuff where you connected to the movie Blow. Not well. I mean, just friends or George. George came to George Young is a character in Movie Blow. Okay, mm -hmm. that um, was the star in that or that story was about, and 
I met George one time in the old days. Mm-hmm. He came to my house in Fort Lauderdale. He just came in from the Bahamas. It's a really cool story because it was just like one meeting. And, you know, back then you're, there was no conspiracy uh, laws. So you dealt with everybody. You know, you dealt with the network. You weren't worried about people snitching and rolling over on you yet. So he came over to my house in Fort Lauderdale and he had two American tourist suitcases. And he wanted to get out of the coke business and get it back into marijuana smuggling. And that's why I was beating him because I was buying a King Air or Queen Air. Uh, airplane, and we were going to smuggle mm-hmm. from the Bahamas in. Mm-hmm. And he showed me inside of the American Tourist, which was the coolest thing I ever saw. Inside the lining, he opened it up and pulled the lining back, and inside the lining was a thin wall of cocaine around mm-hmm. the whole thing. The lining of? Inside the lining. Of what, though? The, the American Tourist suitcase. Oh, the suitcases. Yeah, but they were hard, hard, you know, most of the suitcases now are soft yeah. suitcases. American Tourist were were hard. They used to have a commercial where they would drop it from a plane or a helicopter <laughs> yeah. and it would hit the ground. It wouldn't break. Right. So that's what we use the smugglers, you know, okay. carry money in it, carry uh, cocaine mm-hmm. like in the lining. So I only met him once and I did not rec- remember him until I saw the movie. And I said, I go, oh, that's the guy that came to my house. Cause yeah. It looked, you know, strikingly, they made it look very real, exactly what he looked like, you know, during those days. So I never worked with them. And then when he got out of prison, we helped him out, okay. Robin and I. I so and I helped Robin and her kids out whenever mm-hmm. you know when you inherit a girlfriend, you inherit your children. So, yeah, right. It all comes along in one package. <laughs> you inherit the yeah. children, the bills, the house, the everything, right? <laughs> yeah, well, here here's to break it down. I may get in trouble for this. When you inherit a girlfriend, you inherit their children, you inherit their diseases, <laughs> and you inherit as long their as baggage. you don't as long as you don't give those to somebody else, <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa, they inherit yours. Yeah, All right. It took me seventy years to figure that out. <laughs> you know, All right. so, married now? No, no, I'm actually single yeah. right now. I mean, single I have, and ready to mingle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure though, because I'm married to my work. I have a twin flame who she says, I'm not your girlfriend. I go, okay, you're my not girlfriend. Well, so, that gets you hooked up on my nomadic single site on uh, Facebook. The problem is that I work all the time. Yeah. I learned that I make a horrible boyfriend and horrible uh, husband because mm-hmm. I'm working all the time. I want to, I'm a hippie from the sixties that wants to change the world and knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. And has the economic resources to pull it off. And I can explain how that works. Right. It's a four-year program from this moment forward. Yeah. From 2021 to 2024, the paradigm shift. We're 73% of the paradigm shift. And people don't even know we're in a paradigm shift. <laughs> All right. But I see what's going on. I see the, 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 the changes and the trends. Right. And I know the different phases of a paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. You know, and a quantum leap. I mean, it's all somewhat mathematical and, and normal. It's like going from adolescence to, it's like going through puberty. Mm-hmm. Humanity is about to take a quantum leap and go from infantile, idiot, stupid, Neanderthal man, that, no, not really, but <laughs> to, as Barbara Marx Hubbard used to say, homo universalis, a higher conscious being. And I think you're going to see that all happen in four years. Yeah. So, and all the, and by the way, all the crisis that you see all over, mm-hmm. whether it's the coronavirus or the Republicans, the Democrats, you know, there's crisis. Mm-hmm. So crisis is great. That's the precursor to a quantum leap. Uh-huh. You can't, 
do an evolutionary jump without crisis. Right. And if anyone wants to see how that works, just Google Our Story by Barbara Marks Hubbard, and it'll take you through the evolutionary patterns of the planet. That's the title of it? Is our, our Story. Our Story. Barbara Marks Hubbard, before she died, according to Buckminster Fuller, was the number one futurist in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a brilliant, brilliant lady. She wrote Conscious Evolution and a bunch of other books. But the one that really wraps it, you can wrap it, it tells you where we're at, and it's important for people to know, is Our Story. It's only like 23 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Great video. On YouTube or on Just Google our story, Barbara Marks Hubbard, okay. and do a video search. Yeah. And you'll find and it'll it. will probably pop up a thousand videos. It's either 32 minutes or 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. One of the two. Uh, so, you have, did you have a video that came out of you? Like a movie made of your life or something? Like, no. I was kind of confused on that. No, they made that they're doing a movie on my life. Okay. okay oh, they so are doing one. Yeah. They, the, the script was written by a pretty written pretty famous writer, Hollywood writer. He wrote, uh, I forget his name, George Gallo. Mm-hmm. Okay, he wrote the script. He wrote Bad Boys 1 and 2, Wise Guys. Okay. Very, very successful writer. And they made a um, a trailer mm-hmm. to the movie to raise money for the movie. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care when the movie came out. You know, they've been And that's the trailer that. that's on your website. That's the trailer that goes to the kingofpotthemovie.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you'll see the trailer. It was really well done. Yeah, people want to get excited. But there's like some clips in there, right? From other yeah, they had to get permission to get okay. from. There's some clips from the movie from the movie Blow, yeah, and from Narco or something. Uh-huh. And yeah, these are professionals, so they get right. permission. Can we use it? They say, well, it's going to cost you X yeah, amount. Yeah, yeah. They pay for it, and then they piece it together. And then they got an actor that actually looked pretty much like me when I was mm-hmm. uh, was that age. Yeah, and you did you work on set? No, no, it was done by my cousin. I gave the rights to my to, to of my life to my cousin uh, Todd Denkin mm-hmm. because he was there. Okay, he knows I was nonviolent. He lived in my Ukiah house right after he got us out of. He was a wingman or what? No, he was just my cousin. Yeah, I grew up with him, and he smoked marijuana for the first time in my Ukiah house. Mm-hmm. He smoked it for the second time in my Berkeley house, and he saw my lifestyle. He knew that I didn't have guns. And I wasn't beating people up or shooting people. I wasn't like I was a peaceful marijuana hippie smuggler. Mm-hmm. So I figured he knows the story. He's not going to misrepresent it. So I gave him the life rights, and I figured whenever it comes out, it comes out. The further out it is, the better it is because you know I have the largest hemp processing facility in the Western right. Hemisphere, North Carolina. The movie would have came out seven years ago. I didn't have Probably it. Not have it. Yeah. I did a killer grow up in Oregon. I have a Veteran Village Kins community. So you think if that hemp. movie came out, it would demolish your hemp stuff? No, no. If the movie comes out, I I want to say what Bruce Perlman is doing today. Uh Because the movie will promote whatever Bruce Perlman is doing today. And I want to be proud of what I'm doing today. I want to be proud that I'm helping patch up build a free hospital that make that wild planet. That is still amazing that that's actually happened. Like, is that already a hospital? He's got about he need two more million dollars and the hospital's done. I've been there to West Virginia. That's a cool story. Did this story. start after the movie? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can um, go to Gazuntite, well, patchadams.org. We'll take you to Gazuntite Institute. Patchadams.org is a lot easier to spell. Right. And <laughs> Gazuntite. <laughs> yeah. I, it'll take I couldn't you even there. tell you how to spell that one. And I'll show you the, the you know, the, the, the how far they are along with the hospital. I was there about four years ago and it was a huge, huge building. That's mm-hmm. a that they were like 90% done. And look, I build eco-villages, and I'm looking at this building. It's one heck of a construction project. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just looks a lot fancier than anything I built. 
because he had some of the finest architects in the world designing what he calls a happy hospital. It's funny that, you know, you're doing Patch Adams thing and, and with the hospital because when I showed, met Jordan a little while ago, mm-hmm. and I showed him your picture online, the videos and stuff, and he goes, wow, he looks like Robin Williams. Yeah, people <laughs> say that about me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> people say that about me too. Yeah. Those are the two. Yeah. There's one more. I think, I forget the third one. Yeah. But I've said, I've heard people say that a lot. Right. So, but Patch is great because when I met him, I said, Patch, I don't know how to build one hospital. One hospital is a demonstration. 200 hospitals is a solution. Mm-hmm. So once you get the blueprints for one, mm-hmm. you got the most expensive thing that took the longest, the blueprints. You right. Know? And these are blueprints by some of the most famous architects in the world. You can go there and see who designed it. I want to build them on every single eco-village. I, I haven't told Patch this. I told, he knows I want to build 200 hospitals, but you've got to build the first one. Mm-hmm. It's like that four-minute mile. That's the way of nature. Nobody could break a four-minute mile forever. And then one guy broke a four-minute mile, and the next year or two years, 30 people broke it. You know, So once you build one, the rest come in a machine gun rapid succession. And that's part of what we're doing with our eco-villages. I got 40 of them set up in Florida, but I got to finish the first one in Arizona first. And the eco-village um, is exactly what? All right. So I will not do any business at all unless it gives back or changes the world in some way. Every transaction, mm-hmm. all right, all right, it has to give back, has to have some kind of effect in changing the world. So the first village is Veteran Village Kins Community. 22 veterans commit suicide every single day. That's horrible. That's mm-hmm. a disaster. The real number is 40. When they did that study, they missed two states with large populations. But let's take the official study, 22 every single day commit suicide. We have a national emergency and nobody's doing anything about it. Uh, there is a lot of people trying to do something about it, but there's no effective way. So I figured, okay, if we build a 500-acre eco-village for the veterans called Veteran Village Kins Community, and we teach them how to grow hemp on one acre, because if you grow hemp on one acre, you know, moving back to the land is very therapeutic. Living in nature is very therapeutic. Gardening is very therapeutic. Having animals around is very therapeutic. Chickens or dogs or cows uh, is very therapeutic. You know, working with the... Animals from Keepers of the Wild or Wild Planet. That's very therapeutic. CBD is very therapeutic. Yoga is very therapeutic. You know, so we combine all that together to help solve the veterans' problems and give them an income through growing one acre of hemp. You can make one to three hundred thousand dollars growing one acre of hemp. Or one acre. Yeah, one acre. It's all according to well, you can make one to three million dollars if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, what that to not to make that much money, your community and all these kins domains, two and a half acres, it's a kins domain. Mm-hmm. They'd have to grow, and each one grows one acre. Um, you got a big boy on the couch. And if you took that one acre and you made pre rolls or eights, and you sold it in your own stores, mm-hmm. now you're talking one three million dollars. So it's all according to how you bring your one acre that you grow to marketplace, yeah. you know, and what you're growing out there. All right, but a hundred to three hundred thousand, and you don't give that much money to a veteran. You do a buddy system where they divide mm-hmm. it up, and then you do a revenue share with Hemp Inc. because we're the ones that are 
you know, behind it all. And so I figured that's sixty thousand dollars a year for a veteran. You know, I took three hundred thousand to the sixty forty split and divide that by two between two veterans. So it's sixty thousand. Now you get one hundred twenty. I mean, obviously you have to deal with two veterans, right? No, we're doing a lot, a but lot. there's two yeah. per two and a half acre parcel. Oh, got it. I, I'll explain to what the veteran. Okay, what you yes. asked me what that what a eco village is. Yes. It came from a series of books called The Ringing Cedars of Russia. This is not my concept. Mm-hmm. This came from an incredible series of books. Um, and in the books, the storyline is Vladimir goes up the river in Russia mm-hmm. and meets this forest recluse named Anastasia. And she tells him all this stuff how to grow, about how to live in nature, how to grow, how to raise children, how to school children. And she goes, go back and write a book. He's like, I can't write a book. Mm-hmm. He's an entrepreneur. He's not an author. She goes, I will help you. She has all these spiritual powers, okay? And she teaches a lot of really cool stuff. I've been reading natural books since high school, mm-hmm. and some of the stuff I've never read. I, and I've been reading spiritual books since high school, and some of that stuff I've never read. I, you know, organic gardening, I did that in six, age 16. I was considered a health nut in mm-hmm. high school. But I was a weightlifting champion, so you had to be healthy. <laughs> you wanted to grow your own things. I was a captain gymnastics team. I was undefeated yeah. weightlifting champion for four years in the state of Florida. It took 30 teenage nationals when I was 19. So I was a high-performance athlete so back athletic. then. Yeah. You had to eat healthy vitamins, mm-hmm. study vitamins, study, grow your own food because you don't want to eat junk and sugar and all that stuff. We were, I was aware of that crap mm-hmm. way back then. So the book Anastasia, which is the first in the 10 volume series, was awesome. So in the fourth book, they said to change the world, you build a kin's domain. Okay, so this is a kin's domain, and a bunch of them together make the kin's community, and that's what the veteran village kin's community is all about. It's two and a half acre parcel, okay? It's one that which is one hectare, mm-hmm. about two and a half acres. You ring your land with a living fence, okay? Now just think about that. You have your kin's domain. I have mine. All right, Nicole has hers. Annie mm-hmm. has hers. Daisy has hers, and we have tree-lined walkways between. Everyone, 12 to 15 feet. She was very specific yeah. about how far and how big to do everything. Right. How cool is that? Now, my living fence out in the middle of the desert is a lot of its fruit trees. So let's say your son or, your, or you want a fig. Well, go to the apple tree, make a left to the pomegranate <laughs> tree, and make a right, and you'll find the fig trees. That's right. where they are. So we produce a lot of food there. So you ring your living fence. You build a pond, 38 feet across minimum. Why 38 feet? I don't know why, but that was in the book. So there's yeah. something very specific and exact going mm-hmm. on. Uh, you do a natural beehive. You plant a family tree so that your great-great-grandkids, say my great-great-grandparents, planted that tree. So the Russian spy who we just talked about, or just was on the phone on with the us, she, she and I was married for 30 years to her, 20 mm-hmm. years. Uh, my, our family tree on the 20, Kinsoman. 30, it's only a 10 difference. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and live on when we actually got divorced. You know, right. When you break up with someone, it's my wife, ex-wife, wife, ex-wife, or girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, it's ex-girlfriend or not. Mm-hmm. One or two. So, our family tree is a uh, black Russian mulberry. Because when I grew up, I climbed, me and my brother's best friends climbed this big mulberry tree. And she's Russian. Mm-hmm. So these black Russian mulberries, and it grew like 50 feet tall in the Kins domain I built for her, right, which is 15 miles from the Veteran Village Kins community. Mm-hmm. So um, so it fits. So the, and then you you have organic garden, you have a sustainable house, and then you go and have natural childbirth. So I said, wow, this is the 60s of template. I'm in. That's what I built. I will fund Patch Adams and help him. I will fund Keepers of the Wild. 
Michael Beckwith was a Bakapi Spiritual Center in L.A. Um, the Horse Rescue people. You know, I don't know how to do those things. Chris Tinney with the SpreadPeace.org for right. feeding the homeless. Mm-hmm. They know how to do that. Pat Jones knows how to work the healthcare medical field. I want to build kin's domains. I want to move back to nature. So that's right. what my project is, even though I fund all the other projects. So and then the kin's don- domain is holding this... The gathering of yeah. the buses. Okay, so the first one is 500 acres mm-hmm. out in um, the, in uh, Golden Valley. Mm-hmm. We have 500 acres there. And the gathering of the buses is on the Veteran Village Kins Domain. So it's a bunch of these Kins communities being built out there. But meanwhile, we have part of it is a holistic healing and learning center. Right. Because you need to, you know, holistically heal one, teach the veterans and educate them about gardening and all this other stuff. So that part's six geodesic domes built on the flower pattern life. You know, mm-hmm. so I had a feng shui guy go out there and say, put these here. And then we built a stage. You know, okay. some guy wanted to sell me his, his production. I said, that would be good. So some of the stuff, it just sort of self-organizes itself. So are you guys going to bring, like, bands and whatnot out oh, there? Or are you just going to have open mics? Uh, yeah. You yeah, we've got a, a $150,000 stage. Mm-hmm. One Love Festival is already booked. Okay. Uh, Zero Point is already booked. Nice. They've already done two events out there on the land. It was cool the last one. Yeah. They had art cars out there. They had pole dancing girls. Well, when was this, roughly? June 4th. Oh, okay. Right around June 4th, or yeah. right before coronavirus hit. Big okay. time. No, we had 300 people out there. It took them two weeks. They decided, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, you can do it fine. You did it five years earlier. So when we were just beginning that community, and they came out there, and, and within two weeks, they organized 300 people they had lasers shooting up on the mountaintop they had psychedelic lights on the stage i, I had the stage there they said this is the best venue we've ever been to because we said to your workers god we wish we had a generator oh we got two generators sure. over there and they brought them over they said man i wish we had a forklift oh we have it's a, a forklift over there oh we wish we had a scissor list oh we got a scissor left let alone the stage so now the guy that we bought the stage room, he wants to do an event there every week. Right. I, I'm definitely bringing out Paul, uh, Peter Paul Mary tribute band. Okay. All right, because that's my generation. Right. And I love Peter Paul Mary because they're message songs. Mm-hmm. They're songs with a message about change. And you get to have them in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then. You live on that property also? No, I, when I go out there, I'm 15 miles away with the Russian spy. Okay. In our kin's domain. Uh huh. I, underground in like a concrete housing kind of thing. No, it's a regular. <laughs> no, it's a regular. You saw the video of her house. Oh yeah, it's just a regular house. Right, but Un- there is an underground bunker. Oh, there's like an underground whole different house under there. Town secrets. Well, there is. There's a un- there's a basement. Uh huh. All right, and it's a cloning room. I mean, it was designed to do clones and and mother plants. You know, for hemp because you know. Or marijuana now because marijuana is legal right. in the state of Arizona. So we'll see if you know what we do there right now. She doesn't need to do anything except you know be healthy and yeah. relax. Right. And uh, so, so the gathering of the buses. Okay. So now we have this piece of property, mm-hmm. five hundred acres around the mountain. We have four thousand acres where we're going to build twenty five hundred. That is going to be Wild Planet, which right. has already been approved from Mojave County. <coughs> I call that Hidden Valley. But we don't want to go back there because there's uh, green Mojaves, those poison snake in America. Oh, okay. Two kinds of neurotoxins. If they bite you, you have 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Where we are, there's been so many bulldozers and graders and, and stuff moving around, they all move away. Snakes have a territory. 
If you disturb their territory, they will move and they will establish another territory and they won't leave that territory. So, guys, you don't need to kill rattlesnakes. Just take them, <laughs> walk them away because Jonathan from Keepers of the Wild will be very upset if you kill a snake or any yeah. other animal. And just put them in and they'll establish a new territory far away from humans. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so you keep pointing at this lion or this tiger above us. And is that part of the... Well, that's just one of the ani- one of the many animals that, that is one of the animals. at Keepers of the Wild. Oh, okay, you can go to keepersofthewild.org or you can go to wildplanetpark.org mm-hmm. and see the future. You know, well, Keepers of the Wild has been around for twenty five years. Mm-hmm. They're one of the best you know nonprofits for animal rescue places. They set the bar really high. You go into the restaurant where I mean the kitchen where they prepare the meals. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you, you're not going to find a restaurant in Las Vegas, which is ninety miles away right. from our eco village. And they're 25 miles or 30 miles to the keepers. That is as clean as wild as keepers of the wild. It is spotless. spotless. I mean, I've been That's there awesome. 30, 40 times. I worked in so many kitchens. It's it's crazy to get a spotless kitchen. It, it's amazing what they do. They treat their animals better. Mm-hmm. I mean, they give them hip surgery. Yeah. You know, for the lions. <laughs> you know. When they get old, they're and probably they're, giving them uh, CBD. And they're giving them CBD. They yeah. haven't started on CBG yet, but mm-hmm. we, we give them a lot of CBD. We work with them. You just break it down into their food or give it to them? In they, they put it in the food. food yeah. yeah. You don't want to try and get a tincture down a lion's no, throat. No, he will no, eat no. you. Yeah. You'll need like a, a turkey baster or something yeah. to drop it in there. And so the gathering of the buses. Mm-hmm. And so now we have this venue, this land, and people want to do events there. We're in Quartzsite. And I've lived here for two years, so I know the environment. Mm-hmm. I owned a I was part owners in the Gold Nugget Mine. So there's a exit if you go east called Gold Nugget Road. Right. And that's where Gold Nugget Mine is. Okay. So I lived here. So I know every year, 250,000 motorhomes come to this place. That's crazy. Okay. There's 750 to a million people. And they call them snowbirds. They come down yeah. from Utah, from New York, from Washington State, from Canada, from Iowa. I just did the same thing. That's how I got here. Came from Oregon to Arizona, right? You know, schoolie palooza to stay out in the desert, stay with my friends, convoying around for a while. Yeah, so you got all these masses. So I'm thinking, if I want to attract a lot of buses to my land, mm-hmm. okay, go to courtside, make a video. I mean, do a brochure. Now, this is the first brochure, just down and dirty one. We have a puzzle brochure that we'll we'll make that looks right. really cool. That you buy them, they fit together. But this tells the whole story. I, and we say, you know, what are you going to do after? There's 10 events here. So the, people have to understand what Quartzsite is all about mm-hmm. to get the vision. 250,000 buses. This is actually my first time out here. So, like, just seeing it for the first time is It's a mind blower. It is. You go over there, there's Rice Ranch. There's the main event show. There's the gun show. There's the RV show, which just left. There's the Tyson Wells show, which was this entire area. That just yeah. ended. We're now beginning the art show. There's the rock, rock and mineral show. You go over, over there. There's a, the, it's like a giant swap meet, except you have million dollar motorhomes and you have really cool rocks and minerals from all over the world. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't believe it's a visual feast what's here. Tyson Wells. Have you heard of Bob Wells? He runs a mm-hmm. uh, RTR rubber tramp rendezvous here in Arizona. Uh-uh. No. It's like the largest RV. It's larger than this. Cool. It's a. It's like two, three weeks long, and they do events all out in the desert. When is it? 
I don't. I really don't remember the dates offhand. We gotta I'll find that out, mm -hmm. Nicole. Let's make sure we get that yep. and go there and give them all our flyers. Rubber champ rendezvous. So what happens at the but end of Bob Bali Wells is the OG of like van life. Bob Wells, and he's the one that runs RTR. He did a free event through RTR. It's it, he runs RTR and he does free events for that. Is RTR is that the timeshare thing? No. No, it's, it started off as just a huge RV event, and then it turned into you know buses and school or uh, box trucks and vans and whoever else wants to come out. Oh, we definitely need to let them know yes. about the gathering of the angels. I'm gathering the buses. Other buses. So actually, I call that in a paradigm shift. I used to name the different phases. I used to call there's going to be the gathering of the angels. Mm -hmm. My group is rendezvous with the renegades, mm -hmm. the celebration of celebrities, the meeting of the musicians. Because all different groups are going to converge together to change the world in a four-year period, mm. right? And I, I can outline exactly. And what's each going to one happen. of those groups are what specifically? Like, are they travelers or are they? Most of them travel together. There's a phase during the paradigm shift where you, it's okay. It's like when water is boiling, going from one state to another, water to steam. What happens? It speeds up. The molecules speed up. We're no different than molecules, so we speed up. And we start moving very rapidly around the world and we spread our message belly to belly, mm -hmm. right? People to people. You have to be there, see what's going on, see what the future of the planet's going to look like and spread that message. And that's what this gathering is meant to do because mm -hmm. that's just phase one. So the moving right, around. Right, I think there's what, three, four phases? Four phases. Four phases. See, it's very organized. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not my organization. Just like the, the ringing seers of Russia talked about the kin's domain, two and a half acres, I added one acre of hemp. Okay. So you can go out to the to our eco village. You can see the first kin's domain to, with a living fence, a pond, which is dug. It has you you can even see it online, right? Isn't there a live yeah, if you go to um, kinscommunity.com, mm -hmm. you'll see live streaming video. Because yeah. what's the good of doing something if the whole world can't see? Right. And if 22 veterans commit suicide every day, if they go to that website, I'm hoping it'll go to two because 20 of them say, there's hope for us. There's a place they're building for us that's really cool and unique and totally different than anything that has ever happened. Because like Einstein said, you cannot solve a social problem from the same mindset that created the problem in the first place. Yes. So the bureaucracy and the governments are never going to solve the, the, the veteran problem or the homeless problem or the orphan problem, you know, or the abused women, children's problem. Only something outside the normal society. I'm clearly outside the normal society. <laughs> uh, what is a normal society? You know? Other guys that live in a box. Right. Can hey, you believe it? They the all live in that box. The only box that I live in is a box truck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a nine-foot box truck. So now, we're going to invite everyone up to the land. We're going to have concerts there. Like I said, there's already two that are booked, and I'm definitely booking Peter Palmieri. I just haven't picked the date. So that's three. Billy Hayes from the movie Midnight Express, since we've got we got his pre-rolls out mm -hmm. now with CBG, he does a one-man show. He is incredibly entertaining mm -hmm. and very brilliant. So he'll be out there talk, doing his one-man show about how he got busted in Turkey. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's just he's really good. And mm -hmm. we're right next to Vegas, and Vegas is pretty what? much shut down. So I don't know what kind of shows will come out there. Right. You know. Oh, I didn't even think of that at all. Yeah, we're 90 miles from Las Vegas, an hour and a half. Right. All right. So, uh, and so who knows? It'll self-evolve. But, you know. Have you we, put out the exact location yet or no? Well, this has who to contact. Right. So for the gathering, you contact 
uh, Amy. Okay. Okay. For the journey. Okay. So now we have all these buses there. It starts April. So all of April, all of May. Although people are starting to go there now to get ready and prepare for it. I mean, I don't care if people park there. Right. You know, park They're there now. They're probably helping you build or put together whatever you're yeah, doing. Yeah. The, the thing, the, the battle cry is you can park for free if you plant a tree. There you go. I got 197 pomegranate trees out there. I think it's 2,000 fruit trees total, mm-hmm. or maybe 1,500. I need somebody to plant some more trees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and people are out there. They, you know, they can help Frank from NorCal Wood Products build the homes for the veterans. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's why if you read this, it explains all that. You know, build a home. I already just traded a bunch of my stock for a whole shitload of wood, mm-hmm. and it's all reclaimed wood. So we do not destroy a tree. To uh, from NorCal Wood Products, not one living tree has been cut. It's all reclaimed wood. It's so hard to get. It's so hard to get wood out here. It's so great. I've been looking for firewood for the last two days. Oh, out get, in the desert. Out well, of, not even that. Just to call somebody to like go pick up a cord of wood. It's well, just they, so there's a booth over there with yeah, firewood. I saw that when I rolled into town. I was going to go talk to them. Out there, there's plenty of wood of that you can find in what we call love stories. People that built a house 20 years ago and left after one season because oh, yeah. it's too hot and their, their land degenerates and crushes the dead. We want, we want people to go get that wood and come burn it at our campfires. Oh, okay. Clean up the desert. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Maybe you should have a, a clean up the desert event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Everybody oh, we're going to do more than clean up the desert event. Back. There, what do you see the journey of the buses? I've heard about right. that. You guys are going to travel from Arizona to Washington? Yeah. So, so for April and May. Uh-huh. Other than the people that go ahead of time, because when they leave courtside, there's nowhere to go. Right. The shows are over. Where are you going to go? Well, we don't know. Maybe we'll go to Florida. We'll hang out here. Two and a half hours north. So we have a bet going. How many buses do you think we'll get to go to the land? Right. I bet 2,000 will come. And my brother's one, it's $10 bet. All right. My brother says 100. He's stupid. I mean, how could he bet? He was here. A $10 when, bet. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a the- pool. Off the king of pot. He's like just throwing $10 around. <laughs> so, well, I'm not a gambler. I don't like to gamble. But yeah. So he was here when we asked, we talked to three vendors and two of them said they're coming because you can set up your vendor booths up there. I was going to ask We're you socially distances. You know, uh-huh. you set up a booth like a motorhome here or the tent next door. Yeah. You know, and you can buy them right here, set one up, leave it, put one for storage mm-hmm. and then put another one. So everybody's seriously social distancing. Right. We have guys that are social distance compliant officers mm-hmm. that the guy bought the stage from. He went to class to learn how to do coronavirus compliant events. And, and that was my next question was like with the whole coronavirus, I know, you know, it's it's a sore subject kind of these days. But at the same time it's like how do you how, we throw events every once in a while, but like how do you get cleared for something this big to have this oh, many people on your land like on your land? This guy. Right, Chris Watts is his name. Okay. He is certified with the state of Arizona to know how to do certified. They do aerial surveys. They with you know the drones. They say okay, your booze has to be. I don't know what they do, but you know if you go and you, you look at um, Kinstreet dot com, you can see the stage. You can see straw bales. You can sit on there eight feet apart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, eight feet get do it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'd rather have eight feet than six feet just to be safe. Mm-hmm. We have enough land there, 500 acres. You can, you're not going to get six feet from everybody. You're lucky if you get 60 feet away from somebody. Right. So Chris does that. 
then we're going to have the guys out there that do coronavirus testing, antibody testing. Okay. And when you come in, I don't know all the details. When you come in, if you are, if you don't take a test because you can't force anyone, you get this colored band. But you right. still get allowed in. Oh yeah, get allowed okay. in, but go to that stage. Okay. Okay. And the people that, you know, I'm not sure how they do it, but they do it yeah, yeah. pretty intelligently. That's their. That's thing. their job. Yeah. That's My job is to sell. Is a, is a provide the land, provide the heavy equipment to organize it all. Or help organize all and sell my CBDs and CBGs and our pre rolls and our moon rocks and our uh, we call it the shatter in the THC yeah. world. But without the THC, we call it diamonds. Mm -hmm. Moon rocks are moon rocks are forty five percent CBD and ten percent CBG. Nothing like that exists in the market. Mm -hmm. And our diamonds, what we call diamonds, are ninety seven to ninety eight percent CBD. That does not exist. Mm -hmm. Now it will exist. People will follow, just like nobody smoked hemp. Right. Five years ago, who the heck ever thought about smoking him? Oh, yeah. Well, now that was a joint. Now you smoke a CBD joint, you don't get high, but you get healthy. Because mm -hmm. it's a fast way to deliver the CBD into your body is through the bloodstream. You know, smoke or not smoke. If you want to smoke a CBG and you're in pain, smoke a CBG mm -hmm. joint. Right. Okay. Pick which one you want to smoke for the problem yeah. that you have. Second fastest delivery is through sublingually for CBG, in my own experience. All right. When I did those two. 200 milligram pills. So now we're going to be gathering out here. All of April, all of May. Well, what happens? I joined all these oh, in, in the last decade, a lot because of Stacy from the Cannabis driving around for eight years showing people, oh, I live on this bus. So she almost is responsible for this massive schooling movement. Mm -hmm. She isn't, but she was a darn big part of it because mm -hmm. you don't drive around for eight years and show people a cool looking bus and sing some, oh, I can get a bus and I can get a bus. So for the last decade, 10 well, years. Well, no, the whole bus movement started a long time ago. Well, like, I was at a bus in the 60s. Right, I had two buses. Yeah. Now are you talking like school bus or school buses? School buses. Yeah. One school bus was a front for, I smuggled 8,000 pounds of marijuana, 7,000 pounds of marijuana from Texas California, mm -hmm. all it was all facade and everything was the hidden. The school chambers. bus smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually did that. And then we had a second school bus that was a house. And mm -hmm. we moved up from Florida to Arkansas yeah. and parked that bus. So school buses for the 60s was a movement. Mm -hmm. But it's really stepped up gear in the last decade. It's so amazing, isn't have, it? The thing that people chew with oh, When we go to Schooly Palooza, I oh, expect three, four, five hundred buses out there. Oh, so I'm watching online. More than that, we have talking to people. We have 25 coming just up my our campsite. So there may be a thousand. Yeah, and I'm going to invite them all to Oregon. So mm -hmm. ten dollar bet. How many? I mean, not to Oregon. Oregon. You're going to invite them to our event no, now. No. He's over here promoting the Wolfpack Roundup event for us. <laughs> okay, to, no, to to the eco village. To the eco village. Yes. Ten dollars. How many think we'll think we'll get? Remember, I'm going to give a half a million of these flyers away. Oh yeah. So I say I have two ten dollar bets, two thousand and five thousand. My idiot brother says a hundred. The whole team has bet has bet on it too. I'd put a thousand on it. No, 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 just ten dollars. No, no, no. I know ten dollars. Thousand, thousand buses. All right, text Lynn that he has a thousand. A thousand. Okay. So now, but. Is it buses or is it buses, rigs? motorhomes, okay, so any rigs, cars, yeah, yeah, box yeah. trucks? How many different? Yeah, I mean, nomads I've, you could come out uh -huh. on your land, basically. 
there's unlimited. Yeah. And we have BLM land on three sides of us. Mm-hmm. And BLM land, you can camp for 14 days without any permits or anything. Right. right. That's what all these people in 20 miles in every direction, of course, say, if you drive, you're going to see them out everywhere. Oh, everywhere. All right. So we have the flyers. Mm-hmm. We have veteran village, kins community. Half of them are probably veterans. They're camped out here. Now, they may not like the fact a lot of them are straight people and, and they may not. The concert, they may not like the journey because the journey of the buses is June 4th mm-hmm. to July 4th. One month going, one month going from the eco village. Now everybody knows what an eco village is. The series of, the, the, the series of books, the Wings of Russia has been translated to 23 languages. I will have the series of books at the eco village in all 23 languages. Are those the books you have on the table right now? I didn't really look to see what No, no, oh, okay. no. Those I'm saving for the gathering of the buses. Got it. Those are, my smuggling books and George Young for the movie Blow. Oh, okay. We just had a lot of them from George work for mm-hmm. uh, Hemp Blue and Cartel Blue. You know, so when we was promoting them. I bought a bunch of his videos and books for him to sign. Mm-hmm. So, um, so now we're going to be up at the Ego Village, right, for two months. The journey of the buses, and that's Stacy's in charge of that, and Annie. So, um. And that's the map of the United States up there. We're going to start journeying. I think we're going to have 2,000 buses leaving. It's for the 4th of July, 51st annual smoke-in on the 4th of July. Yeah. And Which is in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. We, it's somebody else's event. All right? Is it at the White House? It's at, <laughs> like in front of it? Kind of thing? No, it's, it's the address is, um, uh, let's see, the journey, oh. The meeting of the buses. Now, that's the meeting of the buses, and that's July 4th, 2021, 51st annual smoke-in to Lincoln Memorial Circle. Okay. So, I think it's the memorial, you know, that big oh, the, water yeah. thing with the water. The big, long, the rectangle thing. water. The and, uh, yeah. With all the water in front of it. I like how we're all like that thing, the thing, and we all know what we're talking about. <laughs> but <laughs> so. Well, we're not really that. We're not really activists. So, can you imagine? Now, let's look at this. I think... 2,000 buses heading to Washington, D.C. June 4th to July 4th. We just had 13 together for New Year's and that was crazy enough. I can't imagine. We will be the top of the news cycle on every single news station. Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and every time you pass a state line. When's the last time a big bus movement happened? The last time was 50 years ago when, um, when 250 buses went across country to um, to go to, and they formed, they went to Tennessee and made a, a commune called The Farm, okay. Stephen Gaskin. So Stephen Gaskin, 250 buses, that was the largest convoy in American history. This is by far going to be the largest convoy in the history of the United States. Now, after what just happened in Washington, they are going to be freaked out. What are 2,000 buses heading to Washington, D.C. coming from? Yeah, right? We're going to have the state lines like boarded off for you guys to not come through. So, I'm, but I'm going to tell everybody, no violence or I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so, or Nicole will kill you. <laughs> right? Actually, the, the slogan is, because I, you know, I have to say that. Yeah. You know, no no violence. But total sarcasm behind total it. Total sarcasm. Maybe they'll take it out kind of say, all right, we will kill you unless our women get involved. And then we will forgive you and love you like they do their children. There you go. So what I'm doing there is showing you the difference between an awakened species that says that an unawakened species that says I will solve violence with violence and an awakened species which says I will forgive you and love you like a parent does their child. Hmm. It's not that big of a leap to know 
we should love, you know. And then the the, the slogan, the thing that I'm going to do, the four love people as people. It's right. going to be, it's going to say the hippies were right, love and peace, the chakras and down the middle of the hippie of the peace sign, and then we'll show images of the the, the gathering the buses, the journey of the buses, the meeting of the buses. This reminds me of like the old, uh, you know, the newspaper headlines, and you get like the World War, you know, whatever it's going on that that year, you know, posted across, and everybody's throwing newspapers across the. Big movement now. School buses attacking Washington D.C. <laughs> so, so it's going to smoke. We're going to go there. We're going to smoke pot. Everyone's going to smoke pot for the Fourth of July celebration. Uh -huh. And on July fifth, everybody leaves Washington D.C. So we've already planned. We're not staying there. We're not rioting. You know, we're going to yeah, smoke yeah, yeah. pot and be peaceful. That's right. No alcohol. We're actually going to say no alcohol mm -hmm. because alcohol makes you violent. Now we're not going to control. I was going to say drink. you can't control that. But no. But we're going to say that in the battle cry, no alcohol. It will reduce the amount of alcohol right, that people right, right. drink. Because you smoke a joint, you're not going to get in a fight. No. And you're not going to get violent. You're Everyone pass knows out that. before you get in a fight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and on the 5th, you got to get ready to leave because on the 5th, we have 40 eco-villages set up. I have 40 corporations, and they're all different themes. I veteran village kids community, abused women and children's kids community, but take off the word abused because you don't want to label them. Mm -hmm. But it is because 12% of women have sex for the first time were raped and 30 to 40% of, of women uh, growing up in America were molested. So that's another disgusting statistic to go along with the veterans, 22 committing suicide every day. So we have women and children's kids community. We have orphans kids community. We have homeless kids community. We have healers kids community. We have heal the healers kids community. Then that's the main six. And that's, then we, in Florida, we have different themes like Disney World. We have friends and family kids community, smugglers kids community, Italian kids community, Russian kids community, Jewish kids community, Muslim kids community, Christian kids community, all different themes and religions and, 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 and like the scientist kids community, the artist kids community. Mm -hmm. So everyone goes from Washington DC down, and that's called homeward bound to build kids communities and move back to the nature in Florida. That's 2021. 2022, we do the same thing. We're at Florida. All over the world. Everywhere. Everywhere. We have 40 of them. We're looking for the land right now. My brother's down there with Daryl from the Smothers Kins community, uh -huh. you know, the Notorious Smith Brothers. Uh -huh. So now people know. Well, I'll wait to tell you that part. No. I mean, Kurt from Red Rock Corsos, he has 1,300 people on his waiting list. For he, these type of dogs. For these dogs, he's a Italian master. He's the number one breeder in America. He gave me three of the masters. Hmm. A master, a massive beast guardian. So they're the official dog of the Kins community, mm -hmm. right? And um, and he grew, you know, he grew our CBGs for the Billy Hayes um, pre roll. So because he's doing his he's a grower. And he, I mean, he grows the best CBG. You should see these plants on Facebook. You mm -hmm. can go back and see some of his plants. On your Facebook? Yeah, I spent like three weeks up there. I wanted to help him harvest. I want, you know, when you do it yourself, when you get right in there, when you trim, when you buck, mm -hmm. when you harvest, you learn so friggin' much more. I've done, uh, I've done the weeding process and I've done the trimming process and then just, you know, picking off the, the buds and whatnot. There's stuff you get that you won't get by reading a book or, or, or right, not doing it. Hands on, you're going for it. So now imagine up at the gathering, all right? Imagine all these buses up there mm -hmm. and all these schoolies up there. And I'm watching all the Facebook. Lives. 
oh, we're going to put a stove in here. How do we do this? Oh, what's the best way to put, should we do this kind of fireplace or that yeah. kind of fireplace? What kind of sink? And how do we do this? And what kind of coating should we put in? I'll tell you. So we're going to all be there, all helping each other. We have the MKG. When you do a paradigm shift, and you got this much action when you go to the guest start naming the groups. The MKG is the mechanic kind of guys. About 50 mechanics up there. You've got a problem with your bus, you go to the mechanic. You do off-roading, get 14-ply Teflon tires. Mm -hmm. They're expensive, but if you don't want to get flat tires, get 14-ply. I learned that from the guy I bought this mm -hmm. fifth wheeler from. But you're going to say from getting a flat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my Jeep is the only one that hasn't gotten a flat on the rocks going out to the Eco Village so uh -huh. far, you know, over the last five years. Um, so the MKG mechanic kind of guys, the BKG, the builder kind of guys. We got guys from that go to Burning Man to build these giant pyramids mm -hmm. and giant stages and art cars. They'll be there helping you to build. You think you want to <coughs> build a schoolie? Go up to the right. gathering the buses. You're going to have Burning Man guys there. Right. I went to Burning Man one year and I walked around adding up what they spent on all the art cars. Oh, God. I got to $250 million and I gave up. Mm -hmm. Because you know, I'm pretty. I can guess what it costs to build that right. Noah's Ark in the middle of the desert, right mm -hmm. on a semi frame. And but they never built a community there. They just would disappear mm -hmm. and clean up the whole place, like pick up a toothpick at the end. Here, we're going to go there and build a community for the veterans. Mm -hmm. So everyone, and we're going to help you fix up your motorhome. We're going to have the mechanic kind of guys, the MKG, you know. As well as the KGB. <laughs> and, and, Those so, yeah, so we got, actually, she was the GRU, if anyone knows the difference. All right, but, I'm sure there's some out there that know the difference. Right. So then you have the, um, the, uh, the, the, the SSG, the sing-song guys, the musicians. I mean, we parked this guy's uh, a songwriter, yeah. musician, right next to us. So everybody can has guitars and Albie has a guitar here. You know, it's, uh, Nicole's learning how to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. Get up on stage. We have two guys that have guitars in our No, three yeah. that have them in our group. I have a hand drum. Another person, you know, they just sit around and fire. And or none of us are stage. professional. Yeah. Well, none of us are professional, but we just get out there and jam. We have 24 hours. Every day, I, th I think. First, I thought every night someone's going to get to do an event. Mm -hmm. You know, or do a, do a concert. That'd be a lot. Every hour. Oh, for real? Well, you want to get up there and do drum circles? Oh, yeah. You just do an open mic kind of yeah. setup. So, you know, and, and you'll organize all the hours and everything mm -hmm. and who gets to play in what slot. Right. Um, okay, so that's the SSG. Then you have the, um, and, you know, just different groups that do different things. The BKG, the builder kind of guys, the MKG mechanics, the, you know, the SKG, the schoolie kind of guys. Mm -hmm. And guys is synonymous for guys and gals. All right. So... All those schoolies are going to be there, but more than that, we have welders, we have mechanics, yeah. we have. I have a million dollars of heavy equipment. But if you have two thousand rigs out there, you got everyone. That was you got everything, and half of them have built their rigs anyways yeah. themselves. So, I mean, I built my. Actually, everybody in our in our convoy has built out their rigs, and it's like an amazing process. I and know. if it starts getting hot, okay, yeah. we've got seven. I was going to ask that. How are they going to stay out there April and May? Okay, it gets hot. We have seven kins, eight, seven or eight kins. I think seven that we're building right now. We have seven big holes done. Mm -hmm. I have the liners already to go. I, hey guys, put the liners in. We'll fill it with water, and you jump in the tub. We got we got all the equipment there, so uh, we have pools. 
like when we had zero point, we had it was hot in the daytime, it was cold at night. But the next day, all the girls got naked and jumped in the pool. Oh, I might be going now. Unfortunately, <laughs> the live streaming video, the re record wasn't on. Oh, very sad story. Right. <laughs> so that's why you got to have media people out there, and you just have recordings going every which way. Yeah. Oh, believe me, there are so many media people, so many camera crews coming along yeah. with this. And think about what think about like from my perspective, I want to sell CBDs and CBGs and get our brand out there. I'm going to have 10,000 people there. You know, that's how many one love festival things they're going to have. Mm -hmm. So one of the interesting things is I say they well, do those everything guys are bring you. to 10,000 people. They yeah. say, I, and, but it's a little bit different. It's not one of those venues where you got to rush in the weekend before or the night before, have your event and rush out. No, you can come two weeks ahead of time, one week at a time. You know, you just hang out and wait. There's BLM land and there's our land. So is there area to, like, go up to the stage and listen and watch? Or, like, can you, you think you can hear it from your rights? Oh, you should see the speakers we have out there that came. <laughs> You're going to blow everybody back out. And, and that's just, and our speakers, and the guy from One Love tells me that our speakers are little speakers compared to what he's bringing out there. Uh -huh. The guys that put on the events, they have the EMT people, they have okay. the security they have their own sound yep. system. They have their own stages. And all those people travel with those guys. I mean, they have their whole crew. So, you know, it's just like when I decided to end homeless up in Utah. And okay, I'll die and donate a million dollars for my stock to end homeless. Okay. How hard can it be? There's only 850 homeless people in Utah. <laughs> so we gave away a thousand pair of jeans for Christmas mm -hmm. right, to the homeless and to the families in need. And then... You know, anyone needs jeans, so you are family in need. Right. But we have the best dress. We start over the best dress homeless in the California and the Ukiah now. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Nicole and Annie gave away a thousand pair of jeans. They were awesome. You used mm -hmm. to see the, the homeless come in there. What size are you? Okay, here. Hey, they were walking out. Walking out with jeans. Ear to ear. And, uh, <laughs> and a pair of socks. Because Spread Peace USA donated a thousand pair of socks. Mm -hmm. And these are like expensive socks. And I didn't know anything about it. But expensive sock company every time you buy one they donate one to the homeless oh wow. right, so and spread. who is that what's the name of the sock company uh bum bum don't you have some yeah bumba 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 okay bumba. okay i'll have to look into that and so they give it to spread peace christine and he donated it to us to give away with the homeless. so would you give two or one pair with every pair of jeans we gave two socks we gave medium and so, it's amazing that you guys give away that much product. I've given away forty-four million dollars mm -hmm. of my own personal stock Just to nonprofits. Or last year, I guess. Last five years. Mm -hmm. Well, no, the last seven or eight years. I don't consider any of this wealth my money. Because I had this religious experience, this heavy-duty white light experience, and they said the that's wealth, a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> But they said the wealth of the heavens will come through you to give to the people that can change the world. It's not your money. It belongs to them. So I behave that way. Mm -hmm. I don't argue with Dwight Light. Whatever feels I don't want to get zapped. <laughs> <laughs> you don't argue with God. Right. Not that it was God. Who knows what it was. But I just don't argue with if the if I'm supposed to give it away. I'm okay about it. Something you're supposed to It was White Light. It was a White Light experience. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So now... Four years. So now everybody goes, the journey, the buses, national news sensation. What is your message? Very simple message. We're not going to do 
any revolution or great things or anything. Free the plant prisoners. Okay. I, I want to say marijuana prisoners, but there's other people from psilocybin and mescaline and DMG. Okay. So free the plant prisoners and federal pro cannabis prohibition, which they both promised they would do, the mm-hmm. executive Biden and, and Camilla. Visit America's national treasures on the way to the meeting of the buses. So this is just an idea. If we're going to have 2,000 buses, that's a 4,000-man workforce. Yeah. How about going into the national parks and cleaning up all the brush so there's no more wildfires? Right. That's all you need to do is, right, clean up the, the, the brush that burns. Right. And the wood, and we don't do it because there's no money. I don't know why we well, don't do it. Well, I mean, there is a certain amount, you know, you're supposed to leave. Yeah. It's supposed to leave out there. But so, they've left but it out yeah, a little too long. Out too long. So the kids would love it. Mm-hmm. I'd love it. My age group loves exercise. So right. now can we go into a national park with 4,000 buses? There's nowhere to park, but that's just an idea. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for places to park. You know, what about on hemp farms? That's an easy one. Yeah. I've got a guy in North Carolina. He's got 200 acres. So you can gladly park here. You know, that's a lot of the places. Maybe we'll park in the playa where Burning Man was right. without doing any Burning Man. Just park there for a night mm-hmm. and see the playa. What about the Black Hills? Mount Rushmore. Let's see America's national treasures. All those places. That's why that map is there. Huge, huge dried up lake bed that, I mean, you could easily put 4,000 buses on that lake bed. So 4,000. See, he just voted one one from one to 4,000. Well, no, 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 no. no. Not $10. (laughs) 1,000 at the first event. (laughs) That's not out in Alvord Desert. I mean, but yeah. No, because like, I think even on your the journey, like if you had a hundred buses in a row, there's going to be, I don't even know, two, three to five buses that are just going to join right Whatever in. you start with, five times will join you. That's what happened with Stephen Gaskin when he went across yeah. country. They heard about it. Now here you can hear about like the next second because right. of the internet. They didn't have the internet back then. I And all the buses, in fact, on the the diet with the peace symbol, mm-hmm. it shows the buses going and other buses yeah. adding to the journey. And you'll split off mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you may end with 20,000 buses at one time. It's so you split off thing. and go to different places and then you converge again. And then you all go to Washington, D.C. for the fireworks and the smoke in for one day. Mm-hmm. And then we go south of Florida. So in Florida, hopefully we'll have some 500 acre parcels, like mm-hmm. I said. What I did, I formed 40 corporations. I put a million dollars of my personal stock into each one of those corporations. And so hopefully by the time we get there, they'll have a few of them will have bought some land. Mm-hmm. You know, or people will buy the land themselves. And this is, I'm starting the concept. I don't have to finish it. Right. This is a collective thing. There's no hierarchy here. This is a hologram. Every part is as, more, as important as every other part. What I'm being right now, instead of the funding mechanism like I used to be with these nonprofits, mm-hmm. being the organizing principle, it all exists. Like when I said to the homeless and finished the story about homeless in Ukiah, mm-hmm. all the pieces are there. I said, I'll put up a million dollars in stock, and then all these PhDs came and said, So, how hard can 850 homeless people be? They can go in my house in Ukiah. Well, there's more than that in Portland. And, and, but that's Portland. You start with well, Ukiah. 850, there's 1,250 in all of Mendocino County. You create the model. How is it done? 
850. It's a small town, small area. Then we duplicate that successful model everywhere else. So that's just organizing all the pieces and put them together in a unique format and more powerful. It's like that all the parts are greater than the whole. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, part, the parts are out there. How, like I said in the brochure, we gave away the, the genes. How hard can it be? Same thing with the world. How hard can it be? We have all the we money, it, everything. We make it harder than it actually should be. Well, you, we're going to have fun. I mean, we're going to have fun doing yeah. this. I mean, look, imagine the sensation of 2,000 bus going across the country and parking, how cool that'll be, and you're on TV. Right. And you all have a goal. When you go to Florida, you're going to build a kin's community for different segments of society that need to be healed. Mm-hmm. The veterans, the abused women and children, the orphans, the homeless, the healers, you know, all the different groups and ethnic groups and different themes, artists, scientists, you know, whatever, you know, there's 40 of them. And you already know how to build a kin's community because they all started the kin's community and read the books in 23 languages. <laughs> so you have a common vision. There's nothing... There's there's nothing evil or bad about this vision. Grow your own food, you know, live in nature, all cooperate, build a living fence, have fruit trees, have organic garden, grow one acre of hemp or one acre of marijuana. That's probably the worst thing you can do, you know, according to some mindset, right? Grow one acre of hemp, marijuana. Mm-hmm. Right? But one acre of hemp, nobody can complain about that unless they're just asinine stupid. Right. You know, we run into people, even today, that think hemp is marijuana. Well, and don't yeah. understand that I'm wearing hemp shoes, hemp denim pants, hemp t-shirt. Usually, mm-hmm. you know, we change to, uh, this is cotton. Mm-hmm. Sewn in America, grown in America, though. I, I, my, my wallet is hemp wallet. My business card is on hemp paper. We're nice. a su- part of the supply chain for hemp bioplastics. We make hemp two-by-fours. We're part of that group. There's hemp creek. It's one of the largest I mean, I, And people still are so damn stupid, some people, that they think that hemp is marijuana and they're going to get high with hemp. I, <laughs> Here, roll it and smoke it and tell me what happens to you. <laughs> yeah, it's like ridiculous. So um, this is this, these will be printed on hemp paper, the, the, mm-hmm. the puzzle brochure will be somewhat about what we're doing. Right. So, Do you guys okay. have a map set up yet no. for the travel? No, we're just now starting to, when Stacy gets here, her right. and Annie will brainstorm and drill down. Stacy's figuring the it out now. Route mm-hmm. Yeah. We just put the map up today, the U.S. Okay. map. Stacy will be here in what, five days, four days. All right. And then her and Annie and, and Nicole and me will sit down and we'll start mapping it all out. Mm-hmm. And if you guys are here, you know. Look, this thing is not my With stops, right? I mean, of yes. course. With, yeah, with so, stops because people can't. And you were mentioning is. You know, let's say 2,000 rigs. Where the hell do you park 2,000 exactly. rigs? Exactly. On the side of the, the highway? You tell me. Well, the hemp farmers got plenty of land. Farmers, right. right. That's one place I know we can do it. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned a place that you can plant 2,000 Oh, yeah. The national th- parks will be filled. Mm-hmm. So the idea of going in there to clean up national park may not work unless we cooperate with the Forest Service and said, where can we park on your land? We're going to clean up the forest. We're going to have mm-hmm. fun. We want to clean it up. We want to rake. You know, get us a bunch of rakes. So we'll bring our own rakes. Have you ever heard of um, Harvest Host? I saw them somewhere. I forget what it was, though. So it it's a company that works with wineries out, you know, everywhere. And basically you pay a, a yearly due to be part of this group. Yeah, and you can stay that. on the winery land wherever there's wineries. At. So there's... You know, there's even apps out there that'll tell you people's 
property and ranches and stuff that allow people to come on and stay for multiple days. See, people like you know where to help me figure out where to park the yeah. So this thing will this thing will take on a life of its own. It doesn't. It's not all my idea. Mm-hmm. It's truly a co-creative process. Well, everybody has a piece. That's just yeah, you know, like a convoy. Everybody has a piece to put together. Um, we have, like I said before, we have six people traveling together. We have one guy that's like a mechanic. We have one guy that does computer stuff. We have one guy that knows online stuff. You know, it's we have a photographer. So everybody has their own strengths oh, yeah. and weaknesses. And, and what's starting to evolve now is like we have the, the guys who do the corona testing and mm-hmm. the antibody testing. They have a mobile lab that they want to take with us. Yeah. And then there's one guy who has seven yoga buses, and they teach yoga. Mm-hmm. So the yoga groups are there. And then you have the food buses. They want to start dri- or, or, or food car- cars. Truck, trucks. Food trucks. Yeah. They want to drive with us. Yeah. Because, you know, every- and then the people with, with yeah. vending, you know. Yeah. Well, after I came out here, I was thinking of getting one of those, like, 12-foot enclosed trailers and putting, like, a mobile convenience store inside of it and bringing it out. And you could go right across the street to B&K. It's B&K or R&B, and they sell you this. Look at the tent here. Mm -hmm. They'll sell you all the poles, all the things that go on the poles, and all the canvas, and the straps to hold it down in high wind. Mm -hmm. You need that. And stakes everything for a 10 by 20 foot booth. You can put it right out in front of your motorhome and sell anything. Right. You can sell your your rocks. The only thing that's like different in that is that you know you have to break it down and whatnot. Like if you had a trailer just set up as a store, you just pull in, open it's, the doors, and ready to go. Yeah, you know, have whatever a deep freezer or a fridge and freezer, and then some. Shelving. And all that stuff was, and you can prepare it all in the yes. gathering of the buses for two months. Right. That's where you put it all together, and everyone helps everyone. And now we go across country. Yeah, because you have everybody there to help build them. Everyone knows that we're going across country. Everyone knows we're not going to go there to go have riots because mm-hmm. both the Democrats and Republicans are both guilty of being out of their minds. And rioting, mm-hmm. okay, and we're not. We're most of us oh. are pot smoking hippies that just want to change the world and not violent. So, so even though we say it's not, you know, it's not violent, it's, and it's not, but no, it is. I'll kill you. Well, right, you'll kill me. <laughs> but our law or our, our our feds, you know, think differently about things like that when you bring that many people together. So what, you know. Just go there and be peaceful and hope for the best. What or? happened at Woodstock? Right. That was 400,000 people. Yeah. All right. I don't think, oh, we could go to Woodstock in upstate New York. There you go. Because they took that place and turned that into a gorge. Some billionaire bought the grounds where they made Woodstock mm-hmm. and made an incredible museum out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of parking. There's Even a lot of grounds. Venues. Imagine how many people they, you know, how many rigs they pulled on. You know, event basis. So, yeah, I mean, you can go to, who you know, everything's been shut down. We can go to football stadiums, maybe. That's a great place to park, football stadiums. There's one, uh, actually, in Portland, there's a, a football stadium that on the billboard, it said, is your dream ever to rent a stadium? Go to Airbnb and rent that stadium. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? People are shutting down stadiums and now renting them out to people. Well, Twelve years ago, we rented the uh, Silver Dome in Chicago. Yeah, to do a, a marijuana expo there. Mm-hmm. They weren't very happy about that. It never got pulled off. Actually, we got uh-huh. it canceled. But we had all the brochures and all the flyers about, and we did rent the Silver Dome because some guy bought it. Mm-hmm. But that's big enough. Those places. That's a, that's, that's a, actually my home, Chicago, it, for, well, Illinois. 
So the Silver Dome would be a perfect place to go. This is an idea that'll work. The exact way it'll work, it'll be co-creative. People say, hey, what about this idea? I have yeah. this land. I have the Silver Dome. You just came up with two or three great ideas. Well, and yeah, I had to deal with that with our last event. We went to go out to BLM mm-hmm. land, and then, uh, you know, there's permits. There's things that you hoops that you have to jump through and time that you have to jump through to get these permits. And we were going to actually go to Elbor Desert, the one that I mentioned to you. And BLM uh, contacted us online and was like, hey, what are you guys doing? And we explained it. And they were like, no, put a kibosh on us because they wanted money out of it. They wanted a certain percent. They wanted us to bring quarter potties out there. They wanted us to pay an X amount of dollars per permit because you're over 100, 150, over 150 50 people is a um, organized Events. So, like, so then we'll just drive straight to Washington D.C. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, damn it, I never thought of all that. <laughs> no, we just drive straight to Washington D.C. And if a bunch of people stop along the way, if 150 stop along the way, two, are they going to count? Oh, only 150 right. can stop here. No, we're going to Washington D.C. We're taking 30. We days. just all happen to be taking the same route. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't think. Family. Family. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't think we will take the same route. I don't think so either. I think some people are going to see Martin Rushmore. Some yeah. people are going to be, um, you know, the the the, the dead. The, I forget what they call it. Devils, because out of devils here, people something. are going to convoy to basically if if your route fits somebody else's destination, then they'll jump on between that A, a point and B point, and yeah. then jump off at their destination, and maybe even meet up down the road again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I, I, it'll, that's how it'll work. It'll go like this. They'll come together. They'll go apart. They'll come together. They'll go apart. Yeah. Sort of like a DNA molecule sideways. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, the strand, double strand. Yeah. That's, that's how I more envision it happening. Right. As opposed to one giant line. If you get that many freaking buses, it's going to be a thousand miles long. Oh, yeah. At least. You know. Mattering how big the buses are, you know, short buses, 40 foot buses. Yeah, they're not all going to be right behind each buses. other. There's one uh, couple out there that live in, you know those buses, the shuttle buses that have the accordion in the middle of it? Yeah. There's a couple out there that have five kids and they live in, in one of those. Accordion, so it's basically two buses hooked together, but it's got like a rubber It looks accordion like accordion. Boot. It's a rubber gasket. Yeah. But it's basically two buses. And I'm like, I don't know where the hell they find places to park that thing. Let me go use the restroom. Well, Bruce steps away for a minute and goes and takes a little bathroom break. We're going to talk with Nicole. Nicole, you guys maybe have heard in the background a little bit. She's Bruce's protege. She's going to be taking over the business in her near future. Uh, so we just want to get a little bit of her input of where she stands, where she thinks the, the future of the business is going. So, Nicole, do you want to take this over? Um, I don't know. It's that it's definitely a big movement, and I think that maybe one, you, maybe one day. Have you been a part of something like this before? No. Never. No, this is just something that me and my mom, like, I just recently, like, about four months ago, maybe five, got, like, into manifestation and, like, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. because I've been battling with, like, what exactly I believe, like, right, because as a kid, it's kind of hard, like, what what do I believe, like, all these people are telling me what to believe, what do I actually believe, Mm -hmm. so I dove deep into that, and then 
started affirmating and using the law of attraction and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to figure out where I want to keep that. That, but with being being with Bruce and everything, with mm-hmm. like he's older, obviously. <laughs> But well, he's, he's, obviously, come on now. Older than me, I'm saying. Oh, okay. Not like but we old, have age reversal and anti-aging stuff that we'll talk about later. <laughs> but um, I am learning a lot, and like at the age of 16, I am graduating, and so like I'm just trying to take in as much information as I can. I mean, you're out here on the road. Or are you, like, are you teaching yourself? Or no, are you I am. I'm in, I am in a program called CAP. At a school in Texas, okay. and it's, um, so I'm supposed to be a junior, but I'm graduating early. Nice, congrats. Yes. Thank you. So, I'll be graduating in May of this year, mm-hmm. going through that program, so I'm doing everything with building money. Right. Are you going to do, like, college or anything after that? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I don't yeah? think so. You he want... wants me to go to college, like a business college, but I don't think I want so to So here's my vision on that. This is a big thing that I wanted to do somehow or another to pass on to children to younger generations of this nomadic living style. After you get out of high school, take a year or two off and go out and explore and figure out kind of what you want That's to what do. That's what they do in Europe, by the way. Right. Like, just this whole thing of jumping out of high school and going to college and then getting the debt now you're in a home and your kids and you're you know three cars deep and you're now you can't go nowhere and you know whatever but just go take at least a year or two off and do something i mean even go work you know in your hometown or go travel with bruce or you know whatever it is but you'll figure it out i mean yeah, I keep telling I myself just, I'm only sixteen. It's okay. Right. Like you'll you'll get it. And you're graduating early. Yeah. So you still have that extra year mm-hmm. to to fool around and figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> well, here's how I look at her and her mother and your generation. Yeah. Okay, I'm seventy, so I'm gonna die in let's say twenty years. You're sixty-nine. Okay, seventy well, next month. Next month. Close Give enough. yourself some credit. Happy birthday. <laughs> so I'm gonna die. You know, 20 years, 30 years, the mm-hmm. anti-aging stuff works, 40 years, but long before her mother dies. Mm-hmm. Right? And my age generation, we consider ourselves light workers. And all of a sudden, this thing came in called Indigo Children. Right? And anybody who doesn't know, this is Google this stuff. Right? So that's the, and the Indigo Kids are like in their 40s now. After the Indigo Kids incarnated, then the, the Rainbow Children incarnated. That's your age group. Mm-hmm. So the thing is to have some continuity through the generations, you know, for me to show people. And you can't tell them, you can't write a book about it, you don't have to do it. She's physically experiencing it, experiencing it, living on the land, growing the vegetables, building geodesic domes, traveling the nomadic lifestyle. And, you know, we're going to have homes in every single kids' community that we have. Mm-hmm. We're going to have one in Arizona, we're going to have one in Florida, whatever they build. And I don't see the journey a linear progression. I mean, I design it like that. You know, I design the eco villages as all nice and square just so you get the image. Mm-hmm. Right? But people are going to be moving around like crazy, ending up once. Some people may move directly to Florida. Let's say we get, you know, Italian kids community land bought down there, Russian kids community land bought down there. People may buy say, I'm not going to go to Fort Fly Smoke. I'm going to go right to Florida and build a kids community there and start there. The veteran village kids community down there. So 
there's a migration just from west to east. Then, from those 40 locations, they go back to their core countries. The Russians go to Russia, the Portuguese go to Brazil, and Portugal, the Spanish go to the Spanish countries, Asia go to Haiti, Mexicans go to Mexican countries, and then you duplicate everything we've done in those countries. So now you have the gathering of the buses, the journey of the buses, the meeting of the buses, and homeward bound in every country. You do that for four years, the entire Earth has changed and turned this planet. So do you see her uh, passing that information down to, you know, kids or, you know, on age and whatnot? Oh, yeah. She's good. Look, in the rainy series of Russia, they have a college, they have a school there. It's a certain way of teaching. And they have, like, um, junior high school kids doing PhD work. They're, mm-hmm. like, off the charts. And the kids build their own school in Russia. And the rainy series of Russia will discuss this. There's all lots of books and lots of dialogue in the books about the new school. So someone like her, who I consider protege, and she she's graduating high school at age 16. I told her, you better graduate. If you want to be my protege, you better graduate at age 16 high school. And then I had to give her definitions. You know, what does coalesce mean? What does empathy mean? What does uh, synergy mean? What does synchronicity mean? Mm-hmm. And she has to look up the definition. And some of the words, I don't even know. <laughs> so I give it to her because I hear a video. You're like, well, if I don't know it, I'll have her learn it, and then she can teach me what it means. Well, she teaches her mother, and she teaches me. Mm-hmm. All right, because her mother's Annie, and Annie's the one who's coordinating the uh, gathering of the buses. And Annie, you know, she's got a lot of experience in this. She's did the MJ BizCon is the largest um, industry event in America. I mean, it's a zoo. It's you can't go. It's usually in Las Vegas or up until coronavirus it was. And you cannot in three days go to every booth. Mm-hmm. You did nothing but go to every booth and not talk to anyone. You couldn't make it through the whole thing. She was the kickoff event for that for the last four years. She oh, nice. The, the women in, what is it? The women of Cannabis Conference. The women of Cannabis Conference. The kickoff event for MJ Biz. Because there were so many conferences there they did for the week. So the MJ BizCom week. Mm-hmm. So she's very, very experienced with the gatherings or expos or events. And so she's putting together that whole the gathering of the buses event, you know, because man, we're here, you know, you're here, right? Look at look at the little things, how they put the, the lines line. in the road, right. how they put the string, just a little bit of string that says exit only, you know, handicap. Mm-hmm. You know, that's this is the middle of the desert. This well, we're talking about putting people in the right area to help other people, basically. And I'm kind of curious, like, I know I asked you this yesterday, but how how did you hear about? my podcast or you know how did you put it together where you wanted to be out of all of them out there this is the one that you wanted to be on out of all the what podcasts oh i don't do nothing it does me it does you i'm not doing anything it may appear that i'm doing something i know the process of what's going on i don't do anything it does me Mm -hmm. it's a living breathing evolutionary pattern and it just comes together i have no idea how you got here You know, how did you get here? I have no idea why I'm on your show. You told her and she told her, called me. Right. I walked down the aisle and I came here. But no, I mean, it was, it was kind of out of this world because like I got a message from her and then I started looking up all this stuff and I'm like, what, 
what is this? <laughs> like, seriously, because, you know, I, I, I didn't know who you were. And then I started looking up all the information. It was like, is this going to be a fake situation? Am I getting set up here? But no, this is, uh, it's been amazing. I call that the gap. Yeah. Okay. And then it's coming together. And the next thing you know, we're here doing it. Yeah. The, I talk about, I'm glad we're getting all this on video because I just said, that the world is going to change in four years. Mm -hmm. And I articulated each of the different phases. And when it happens, everyone say, everyone will think it's just a natural process and will change in four years. I'm just describing the paradigm shift. Anyone can go look up the paradigm shift. Let me tell you something else. We're all cultural creatives. Do you know how many there are of us? You're a cultural creative, whether you know it or not. Mm -hmm. Right? You're a nomad. You're, what your lifestyle is. There's 200 million cultural creators. When they coined the term cultural creators and discovered this group of people, it was 50 million. That was 20 years ago. It's the largest social movement in the history of the world. Okay? At 50 million, it's 200 million. And we all have one core belief. I'm alone. Mm -hmm. You silly gooses. You're the We're largest not. social movement on the planet mm -hmm. Earth. You're 200 million strong. You have no clue of your power or that you even exist. Self-organize yourself. It's it only starts with one person. Yeah. Or, and then it turns into multiple. So all the cultural creators, there's 200 million. We can change the earth like that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do it because we're not going to do it. It's doing it. Right. I could die tomorrow. You could die tomorrow. It doesn't matter. The evolutionary pattern is set. It's redundant. There's a thousand. You think that we're gathering and doing this podcast? I guarantee you there's a hundred all over the world doing happening right now, doing the same exact thing in different languages. Mm, true. Okay. And so when we all coalesce and come together, we it's like a good description is the butterfly, I mean, okay. the, the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. Oh, I got it. Right. And the story of the imaginal cells. If you look up, you know, imaginal cells, it was, when caterpillar changes to the butterfly, his body starts creating these imaginal cells. Great name, right? Imaginal mm -hmm. cell. Right? Imagine what you could be. And that's the blueprint for the butterfly. Well, the immune system of the caterpillar sees it as foreign and actually kills the imaginal cells. But too many of them keep producing and keep producing and keep producing until finally the immune system of the caterpillar gives up and the imaginal cells take over and the butterfly emerges. That's where humanity is right now. I call that the journey of the buses because it's humanity's hero's journey. And that's another thing you want to look up, the hero's journey, and see what that is. It's a process. George Lucas went to the guy that created the hero's journey or articulated what the hero's journey was and did that for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. We're all on the hero's journey. You're on the hero's journey. She's on the hero's journey. I'm on the hero's journey. But right now, humanity is taking its hero's journey. That's what the journey, why I named it the journey of the buses, the gathering of the buses. There are different phases of humanity going from infancy to at least adolescence, if not hopefully maturity. I can't wait to see this this formation happen. It all can happen. It just, yeah, and I'm like this little bitty sliver of it. Well, your video, you know, because if one of the things to do is if the world was going to change very rapidly, how would it happen? If it could happen, how would it happen? Yeah, if it will, being ideal. How would it happen? What are the physical things? I mean, look, it doesn't takes a lot to build an eco village, a lot of manpower. That's why we start with veterans. Mm -hmm. What are veterans? Well trained, well disciplined, not entitled group of people. Mm -hmm. 
you get a thousand veterans healed and they go around the world, they can change the world so friggin' fast because they're experienced, they're well trained. Heal them, and that becomes your future Army Corps of Engineers. So, next See, you just learned something I saw. <laughs> That's, I haven't told her that part yet. There's too many little pieces of it. Right? So now they go around the world. Next time we invade a country, we go in there, we build kids' communities, organic garden, natural beehives, family trees, sustainable homes, off grid housing. And show them how to do natural childbirth. <laughs> so we do everything perfectly in this world, perfectly backwards. So if you want to know how to do and how to behave, look at what they do in this planet because we are on a death spiral and do the exact opposite. And then run the world when they should. Okay, so to end the interview, I'd like to invite everybody to the gathering of the buses. And I'd like everybody to read flyer that we have drawn up and you can go to it to www I still say www show my age uh, dot kins community k-i-n-s community dot com look at the poster and don't just look at but read what we're doing because you know you say oh let's gather well, you can park there for free just plant a tree well that sort of sets the tone for what we're trying to do we're trying to create a community and a movement as opposed to just a business. And if you happen to have sell incense, sell rocks, sell CBDs, CBGs, or anything, come out and get a, uh, a, a booth there. We don't have a price to do this, and will do that, but it'll be very reasonable. Sort of like Quartzsite, like here, all the booths are nice. So come on out. You got two months, April, all of April, all of May, and then you may want to go on the journey of the buses. But if you've got a bus, you want to get it fixed up, you're going to have all the talent out there. You have all the equipment out there from welders to builders to mechanics to guys that know about tires, guys that know about RVs and how to fix them. Come on out and hang out and help us build better roads against the community so 42 veterans don't commit suicide every day. Thank you, guys. And gals. Where do where's the website? Like is there a connection page or to it's all it's all on to look kins, it up. Kinscommunity.com. Okay. And you just go to where it says bus gathering. Okay. And and then this and then there's all the links, who to contact, mm -hmm. their emails. My phone number's actually on there. Or at least my email for the I'm in charge of Florida, the forty kids building in Florida. And eventually will the uh, map be online, or is that going to be something that you get when you get to? No, the map will be online probably in about a week, ten days, as we're creating it. Yeah. And it'll all be at kinscommunity.com. From there, you'll be able to navigate because that's where it starts with one, and it goes through this series of the gathering, the journey, the meeting, and then homeward bound to forty of them in Florida. So to start with one, become forty, and that's then it duplicates. Worldwide. And that is a caterpillar turning into a butterfly for humanity. Also, uh, I want everyone to know that the gathering of the buses is not just for buses, it's for cars, motorcycles, tents, yeah, anything that you can you can come together with not just buses basically like an outdoor enthusiast yeah basically yeah you know rooftop tents and hikers and bikers yeah definitely we want everyone they're all like-minded you know out there so it's great that you guys are going to invite these people out to your property for this event 
So I just want to thank Bruce for joining us, uh, the king of pot here, and his protege, the queen of pot, future of the business, uh, inviting me over to their RV and their family of pups here going crazy, but sharing the gathering of the buses with everybody and letting them know that this event is going to be happening in April. Uh, if anybody wants any more information, you guys know where to find me at Nomadic Happy Hour. If you if you want to, head over to the Instagram page, DM me with any questions that you guys have about this, and I can forward you guys to the, the contact information. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you guys on the next episode.